Welcome back. Uh, in continuation to the lessons and a new approach to begin to take is, yeah, I was over, not necessarily overcomplicating because, again, there's always a new approach that I could take when it comes to to trading, trading options. Uh, but something to to begin looking at now is is focusing first of all on, on the sector of the particular stock that I'm trading, right? So becoming aware, start knowing what what sector that, that stock is in, right? And um, kind of continue in continuation to the, uh, the audio that I previously reported talking about my initial strategy, which was the bull the vertical spreads with the bull calls um, reason initially for for trading that strategy was to minimize my cost and I was wanting to perfect that strategy before implementing it live in the market um, but what I found is there's another approach that I could take right? there's another approach that I could take and um, and this is a combination of a previous lesson that I've learned and also something that I could uh, begin to, to to implement in strategy is starting off with the long call, right? Starting off with the long call and, and realizing that my initial risk is the cost of the option, right? So if I'm okay with that 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 loss, that's one way to look at it. And also realizing that I have the ability of adding a stop. setting up contingency orders on, on, on vertical spreads and not necessarily having a full understanding on the order entry, uh, I feel that with starting off uh, with the long call, I have, uh, yeah, I, ha I have a, a, a decent understanding on at least uh, setting my stop loss. Now, as far as the target, as far as the target goes, I could gain more clarity on that, on how to how to properly do the order entry when it comes to um, exiting exiting upon target, right? So when is it that I'm going to exit and, and and automatically getting out? Uh, but as of now, me being active and just paying attention uh, having a rule set and knowing what percent profit am I okay with taking is uh, decent enough as well so yeah for now I well today I actually set a few orders and I placed I believe two to three orders and I just I just did long calls with a contingency order uh, with the stop loss so I didn't necessarily include the target and it's selling automatically when it hits that target but I did uh, figure out how is it to to exit if it goes against me so initially the the max profit is how much I paid for the, the long call but I minimized that or I reduced that by setting a stop loss now another question that comes to mind and me speaking about this as well something that I have to gain clarity is the um, once I confirm, or before hitting confirm, when you when you send out the order, um, you get a preview of, of what you actually have done. And I've read on the top, it tells you exactly what the order that you're inputting 
is doing. Um, and I've been recommend, it's been recommended to read it out loud. So I see that and it says sell, for an example, let's talk about the, the contingency order for me saying I want to sell if it gets below 40, 150, for an example. So if it, if it gets, uh, if it's at or equal to uh, 4150, I want to sell. Um, but what I found is that in the bottom where it talks about max profit or uh, max lost, it doesn't change. It still shows the max lost for the, for the, for the, the actual long call that I bought. So the number, sh it's, uh, it's exact it's the exact number the max lost shows the exact number that it the max lost for me not not ever putting a stop loss so yeah i would like to get clarity and maybe that's a question that i could ask uh, either frank or or even ask in the community to see if if, if if i'm seeing something incorrectly or if i'm not properly setting that stop loss but also I'll get a chance to see, um, hopefully one of the trades goes against me for, uh, for, for the point, you know, for, for the point of, of practice and seeing if, if I'm setting these stop losses correctly. So that's the value in paper trading as well. Um, and, and yeah, we'll go from there. Uh, so switching gears is, is me talking a bit on something that I knew before. And now I just took a, I just, I just chimed in into one of the coaches coaches club and they talked about this topic it was when to buy protective puts and uh, quick lesson on it and what I got from today's teaching is usually a person that would buy a protective put is usually if they're if they're long if they're long bull if they're long in the market, and I may not be wording it correctly, but if their overall portfolio is bull, bullish, and the way the way to from what I've to to protect yourself from any any downside risk is by buying these protective put options. Um, so these are mainly used for long term long term investors, right? So it was said that if you're a swing trader and if you're uh, you know yeah we buy for three to four months in advance, but we're usually not planning to stay in the trade that long. The average time to be in a trade is uh, seven, seven to 14 days. So we just we just buy the longer options for the sake of time decay, uh, not eating us up and 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 also given given the stock room to do what it's supposed to do, right? So that's the point in buying a three to four month option uh, out, but stay in that long so for somebody that is taking the long approach somebody that you know is either into buying uh, stocks outright and and are fearful of any downside risk obviously you have to look at other indicators um, uh, an indicator that was talked on today was the VIX and I've heard Andy Tanner talk about this before when the VIX is high uh, fear is high and when the VIX is low fear is low I believe that's how it was put. And I asked the question today, what is the threshold, if you will, when is the VIX considered high? And uh, the answer was given, it was 20. So 18 or 20 is, is considered high in the VIX. But it's important to not make decisions solely on that. 
right? Because, um, and this is a lesson, uh, again, that I've learned in the past. I read this in a book, I believe, uh, the difference between systemic and non-systemic risk, right? So, yeah, that, that, that has a lot to do with the implied volatility as well. It's not always directly correlated to the fix in general. You also have to uh, dig deep a little more and, and see what's going on within a, spe- a specific stock. Um, to give a quick example, uh, an example that was given, and one that I'm quite familiar with as well, is the Boeing situation. So everybody knows about the whole Boeing situation and oh, two plane crashes within the last two months. Um, so that's a specific situation. That's something that that would cause implied volatility to increase. And although it hasn't increased significantly, it did increase, right? So the overall market, the VIX, has low volatility. But if you look at the Boeing situation, that specific stock has a higher uh, volatility. So for you to, for me, for me to make a decision based on putting a protective put on on that specific stock would make sense. But if I was making a decision based off what the VIX is telling me, then I wouldn't do it, um, right? And again, this is a situational, uh, I believe they call it news, news. This is a situational thing where where you have to be on top of, of what's going on in the market and specifically with the stocks that, that we're invested in. Um, and uh, yeah, it's a, you know, small lessons, small things like this that just, begin to come around and make more and uh and also a great thing that was brought up as well is 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 decision solely on the vix right as well because tyler tyler specifically he was saying well if you're actively if you're actively doing what you're supposed to be doing as a trader you are going to be aware of the prices anyway it's like i i could use this analogy is you know when you're actively i remember when i was actively looking for motorcycles i knew the price of a motorcycle the year the mileage what was a good price what wasn't and the reason for that is because i was actively paying attention to the prices and the same goes with the financial market so if i'm actively doing what i'm supposed to be doing as a trader then it's going to come and not overnight of course but it's going to come natural with time to to know what is considered a an expensive price versus uh, a cheap price, right? So again, these these charts um, are simply indicators, but it doesn't, it shouldn't substitute uh, the actual work and due diligence that it takes for a trader to be successful and be on top of his shit. So yeah, just continue growing, developing, um, you know, and like Andy said, when you teach something, you learn it twice. And although the audience isn't big now, I do appreciate everybody that has listened and, uh, just continue learning, continue developing, and uh, feel free to to follow me on Abundance Twenty Six and Instagram and comments, comments if you if you've connected with me through through the podcast, and feel free to ask any questions if there's anything I could do to to bring clarity. Um, and you know, if I don't know it, I'll I'll either do my best to find the answer, and if not, I'll lead you to to good sources that should be able to help. And with that, remember, we are one.